Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another live edition of the OMG Strike Zone. I'm Brian Fulford, and joining me on this uh, lovely thing that we do every Wednesday night, my guys, Kelvin Rozier, Kofi Hemingway, and uh, we're just three rattlers dedicated to bringing as much information and shining the light on the uh, highest of seven hills in Tallahassee, Florida, covering everything about Florida A&M University Athletics and Culture. We are part of the Black College Sports Network, and you can find our show on the Black College Sports Network, or you can find us by just going to our Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook page at ONG Strike Zone. Kelvin, how you doing tonight? I'm doing well, man. I'm excited, man. I just watched the uh, Rattler football team um, spring game draft, man, and I thought it had some serious potential, and we had a very good weekend in our Olympic sports, also. So, man, it's, it's just it's just great, man. It's great, of course, to be with you brothers again. Kofi, how are we doing? Doing great, man. How are you? Man, I'm doing well. Doing well. Doing well. Good to be here. Good to be here. Awesome. Hey, uh, yeah, you. Uh, it was a definitely. It was a good weekend. I thought, as you said, Kelvin, our Olympic sports did well. I know we all just kind of got a taste of the orange and green spring game draft. Shout out to Coach Simmons, the staff, uh, the players, the players. I mean, great entertainment. I mean, the guys were really uh, entertaining, uh, to say the least. Uh, Shout out to the assistant coaches who were the uh, in the war room picking guys. And uh, the production crew did a a good job of – uh, presenting uh, the that that uh, that special. So, you know, look, live television is hard. I mean, trust me, we we know. <laughs> so, shout out to and they had a lot of moving parts. You know, they had the they had the guy who you know they had to move in in and out of the the green room, quote unquote, which was the locker room. Uh, you had the back and forth shots. So, uh, shout out to everybody that put that production together. And uh, there, there were a few interesting, funny moments in there. Uh, you know, Coach Simmons still being coach. You know, sometimes in there he was like, "Cut their mic off! Cut their mic off!" You know, it was it was, it was uh, very funny stuff, uh, pretty original stuff. So, yeah, definitely, we hope that's something that continues in the future. And definitely, I, always an opportunity to improve and grow from year to year. So that's just uh, where we are. So. I want to remind you, folks, if you are out there watching us on YouTube or on Facebook, first thing we ask you to do is go and hit that like button and go ahead and subscribe to that YouTube channel or that Facebook Facebook page that you're watching us on and, and go ahead and share it. 
with uh, with a few Rattlers or a few HBCU fans. Because every now and then we dip our toe into the landscape around FAMU, primarily the SWAC. But uh, there's also other stuff going on as well. Big show tonight. Loaded guest lineup. Starting, of course, a little bit later in the first hour with uh, the quarterback of our national championship team. Uh, also the color commentator on the Rattler Sports Network, Mr. Albert Chester Sr. He'll be joining us about 825 or so. Then coming up in the second hour, uh, Akil Blunt will be joining us, uh, Rattler alum, Rattler football alum, who's making some big noise in the coaching profession, working, I believe, with the Atlanta Falcons right now. So we'll get a chance to talk to uh, Akil uh, and everything that he has going on. And then in the bottom half of hour two, we get a chance to talk with the co-defensive coordinators, Ryan Smith, Coach Ryan Smith and Coach Brandon Sharp. They're going to join us. And uh, we get a chance to not only talk to them about the draft, but we get to talk to them about the uh, the dark cloud defense that they have, that they've been instrumental in building. So, uh, let, let's do this. A little something different before we get into the Rattler Roundup. Let's kind of go with what's on your mind around HBCU or SWAC sports. I'll run it off. I'll start with you, uh, Kofi. What's on your mind? What, you know, just in HBCU sports or uh, in the SWAC before we get going with the Roundup? Oh, there's so much going on in HBCU land. Uh, it's just a matter of what topic you want to kind of like talk about uh first obviously i'm in football mode so you know as a rattler this is a big weekend for us with the orange and green game and you know just the recruitment is just going through the roof i have not seen this level of momentum around um recruitment ever not like this um and so when you're constantly engaging three and four star and five star players and you have a legitimate shot to go after them and get them i think it's a plus um regarding what coach simmons and the staff are doing so i think that that is in fact amazing uh obviously we have the olympic sports going on at famu and it appears as though we're starting to play better um starting to do better in all of our sports and so that is very encouraging to see that we're at least trending in the right direction and playing better ball with the softball team as well as the um, the baseball team. Even track and field is putting some people in there to uh, that are finishing first and second. But, you know, we, we like to finish first, so that's cool. I think that's amazing. Then you have the news going on at HBCU land with um, Grambling's volleyball coach going in and basically clearing out um, the scholarship players that were there. So, you know, a lot a lot of people are in an uproar, but, you know, uh, I've That's seen this happen before. Story, definitely. Yeah, I've seen that happen before. Um, uh, I remember Coach Comedy came to Jackson State and literally cleaned out the entire team just about uh, as he overturned that roster and made Jackson State instantly – uh, competitive. Um, even last year, as quiet as it's kept, Dion did overturn 
that roster mm -hmm. into what he felt like was going to be a more competitive team. Um, and they were. So, uh, you know, a coach is getting paid to win and to do it their way. Now, my question is, um, it's not like the UAPB team finished first uh, or won the championship. So if she's replacing them with UAPB players, um, I don't know how that's going to necessarily bode well uh, for them, considering they didn't win the conference last year and they didn't finish even second. So, you know, to me, I felt like that was crazy. And then, of course, it's a lot more to the story. And, you know, with her smoking weed and stuff, apparently behind the scene. Whoa. But, um, yeah. Whoa, then, okay. uh, yeah. <laughs> got online smoking yeah. weed with the people. You know, but then, you know, but hey, you know, I, I, you know, you, you have to keep your guard up when you're around and out in the public eye and you have a position even around your people. I mean, this is a day and age where people have camera phones, you know, somebody booed up with you in the corner, you getting you a little pub, getting you a little sip of X, Y, and Z, somebody's liable to catch it. And it's, it's a shame that people would go to that extent, but when you do stuff, and you put yourself out there, it's amazing what will come to light, especially when you oppose pe uh, people that other people love. So, you know, that that story is a lot. And then you got Tennessee State and Notre Dame um, coming to play. Hey, can um, you need some Yeah, well, you know, you ask. You know, take, take all the meat off the bone, right, Kelly? Take all the meat off the bone. It's all good, man. It's all good. You got Tennessee I asked one State thing. and Notre Dame. I asked we can still thing. discuss you it, everything though. That's you know, because you're going to have a – whole different perspective about it you know tennessee state notre dame is huge you know uh, with them we got two of the winningest programs in college football history coming together to play and uh i just want tennessee state to join the swag and then i'm good didn't murray state leave too i think they did or they are yeah yeah, I think they are. Okay. Calvin, uh, anything anything left on the bone there that you want to gnaw at? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, I got a little bit left. Um, the the Gremlin spring game. Uh, the, I think the final score was seven to six. Uh, and what, what was their uh, format? Though? Game, what was the format of the I'm, game? I'm not, I'm not sure, uh, but I know uh, I watched Oscar uh, recap of it and and. Uh, you know, it was a well attended game. Yeah, there was tailgating was. going on. Yeah, um, they had some recruits there. Yeah, you know, the news is everything around the game and not the game itself. Uh, apparently, the quarterbacks just weren't very uh, co uh, consistent and Did the sniper didn't get very well. Or is that me? Oh, what? What? I'm already transferred. What? I'm already transferred. Uh, Walker. So, so I, I found that to be interesting. Um, and I'll be interested because of that game. Um, I'll be interested to see how the tennis is at the other SWAC, uh, orange and green. I mean, uh, SWAC, uh, spring games also, including ours. Um, comparative speaking, um, Kofi mentioned about Notre Dame TSU. That's big. Uh, Notre Dame has a black head coach now. Notre Dame has never played at HBCU before. So uh, TSU, Notre Dame, and South Bend in 2023, I think is awesome for HBCUs. Um, uh, I believe uh, you, you that's your neck of the woods, um, so to speak. 
<laughs> but, it is. Uh, it is. I, I, I really look forward to that. I think that's 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 big, and that just potentially is another uh, branding opportunity for HBCUs specifically. Um, then there was this big discussion uh, about who has the best HBCU or and or SWAC brand. And, oh um, gosh. And there was an argument about JSU, of course, with Dion being there and so forth. And 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 let me just say this: I, I do think Dion's presence cannot be um, minimized. Right? It is it is significant. However, there are other HBCUs and brands that have been big brands long before Dion, and so. Uh, I would still consider Dion does have a national um, brand. Uh, JSU uh, doesn't necessarily have a national brand. The Marjo 100 has always been a national brand. Uh, but as long as the FAMU brand is pretty much is is one of the few HBCUs, HBCUs like Howard and maybe a Spellman and Morehouse that generally is, you know, is well known in, outside of their regions. Yes, Gremlin also. So, so, uh, um, you know, that's that's everybody entitled to their opinions, everybody have their take. Uh, and and I, I thought that was kind of interesting, and it did uh create some chatter, uh, in HBC, HBCU world. Mm-hmm. Um, just a quick note about the spring games. So, to date, only two SWAC schools have had their spring games. Alabama AM had theirs back on March 26th, last week, last weekend. Uh, Grambling did have theirs, along with uh, other schools such as North Carolina A&T had their spring game. Uh, then some Division II schools had theirs, Benedict, St. Aug, Fort Valley, Albany, <coughs> State, and Fayetteville. This is a big weekend because you've got, among the SWAC, Texas Southern, Alcorn, Mississippi Valley State, Southern, uh, all have, and of course FAMU, all having their spring games this week. You've also got uh, North Carolina Central, Dell State, Norfolk State, Tennessee State, uh, Edward Waters, Virginia State, Lincoln, PA, Albany State apparently is doing a second one. So it's a busy weekend. Uh, and then Sunday, I think, Shaw. So this is probably the biggest spring weekend. And so uh, definitely we've got a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, recruits. I mean, ours combined with Junior Day is big, real big uh, coming up. And so we'll talk about – We'll talk about all of that coming up here, especially with uh, with uh, Albert Chester, and then we'll get into we got a segment a little bit later in the show. But before we get to our first uh, guest, let's kind of do a roundup here and get into baseball because our baseball team got another sweep on the weekend uh, with a with a three game sweep over Alabama A and M by uh, by a count of eight to zero on Friday. 12 to 8 on Saturday and 4 to 1 on Sunday. Uh, the fellas improved to 6 and 3. And I believe if I was looking at the standings, we're sitting right behind, um, uh, right behind Bethune and Alabama State, who I believe are first yeah. and two. Now, yeah, now granted, you know, we've probably played. Between Valley and Alabama A and M, 
the the lower two or the lower third, two of the lower third teams. Uh, the one, you know, we did actually get swept by uh, who did we play? Alabama State was it? Yes. Yeah. So we're we're sitting one full game behind Alabama State and Bethune Cookman. So look, we, you know, we're excited that we're seeing the guys have some success, uh, some success uh, in that eight uh, on that game on Friday, eight nothing. That was a six hit shutout. That was uh, pitched in that game. Just trying to look and see how many innings um, Hunter Vitz, Hunter Vitz, I think I'm saying that right, V-I-E-T-S, Hunter Vitz, uh, threw an eight-inning shutout, struck out 11 batters in that only walked two, gave up five hits in that contest. Uh, and, and so FAMU got eight runs, including a good three-run opening uh, inning. Uh, then in game number two uh, was a 12-8 to eight game that actually went extra innings. Uh, we actually put up four in the 10th, in the top half of the 10th. Alabama A&M came back and put four in the bottom of the 10th. Then we came back and put up four in the top of the 11th before finally shutting them down. But, um, you know, Alabama A&M got two runs in the bottom of the ninth to send it into extra innings. And then we scored eight of our 12 runs. Uh, matter of fact, eight of our 12 runs came in uh, the 10th and 11th frame. So, you know, up until that point, you know, it was a four to two ball game going until that final, the final stanza. But, you know, the guys managed to, to persevere. So uh, shout out to them for that. And then they came back in game number three, four to one uh, Fox, Pitched a uh, Kellen Fox uh, was on the mound for game number three. Uh, surrendered. Uh, Fox surrendered uh, in eight innings. Again, that's another long outing for our starting pitcher. Uh, six hits, gave up one earned run, struck out three. So pretty good, pretty good debut. And they only got six hits off of us. And so, again, we were talking about pitching and hitting just a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if it's because of the opponent or we just have found something, but I, I really like what we've seen thus far. Kelvin, go ahead and jump in there on baseball, your thoughts on, on what you've seen. And then uh, Kofi jump in after. I'll uh, pick up where you left off specifically with uh, a comment I made before we hit this winning streak. Um, and that was when we hit around the five run mark, six run mark in terms of, us scoring, then that bodes well for us to win. And also, in terms of pitching, if we uh, hold teams under four or five runs, we that that tend that tends to bode well for us. I find it interesting that all of our sweat games thus far, outside of the Mississippi Valley State series, has been on the road. Alabama State was on the road. Alabama AM was on the road. They had a storm. They, they were impacted by the tornado, so they couldn't play at their home stadium on campus. They used the community college stadium. But uh, that was on the road. And then this weekend, we headed to Bethune Cookman for a series, and that too would be in Daytona. So we get all these teams back in Tallahassee on the back end. So um, I'm really pleased with our pitching and our defense thus far. We did play them. Another midweek game against Florida, uh, and lost that one thirteen to three on Tuesday. But um, 
you know, in terms of swag play, we definitely look like we've turned a corner. And um, we, we just look to keep the momentum going. This the series with Bethune will be a real gauge. Are we top tier or not? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kofi? Yeah, man, this is um, – we're not in crunch time yet, but, you know, as I stated earlier – uh, it's good to see that the team is trending, at least trending in the right direction and playing uh, much better ball. Um, I'm just looking forward for the day to when we're able to acquire uh, even better pitching across the board because that's one of the things that's going to turn the tide and really make the difference um, and make us at least competitive on a regional, on a regional level. Um, and this is a very tough region that we're in, um, especially in the state of Florida. Uh, even if we're not necessarily the number one team in the state, uh, I would like to see us at least be top four, um, you know, which makes us reasonably competitive. And uh, I think that that would be a good deal for us. It'll put us in position to acquire even better talent later on down the line. And uh, I'm looking forward for that really to happen. I mean, Coach Shoup has really come in and, you know, although he has not been perfect, he has energized and done the very best. I think that he's given us his absolute best when it comes to um, providing additional resources and opportunities for this FAMU program to grow. And so the rest really is going to be dependent on what our administration does, what the athletic administration does and what we do, just like with every other sport that we've been talking about. So there you go. Mm -hmm. This, uh, this uh, upcoming series against Bethune will be real interesting. I, I'm looking for, you know, we, we play, according to uh, what I'm looking at here, we play Friday night, 7 p.m., Saturdays at 6 p.m., uh, first pitch, and Sundays at 1 p.m. And uh, I believe that's at uh, – that. I believe catch me if I'm if I'm wrong on the name. That's the Jackie Robinson ballpark, right. uh, which has beautiful sight lines. I mean, by the way, um, I, I'm hopeful I can get out to probably the Sunday game. I, I doubt you know, especially driving to the spring game on Saturday. I doubt I make Friday or Saturday, but I would definitely love to get out there on Saturday, hoping we get good weather. But apparently, we haven't played Bethune. I'm looking at the series history. We haven't played Bethune since 2019, so it, it's been a few years since we played. Uh, we took two of three in the last series that we played against them. That was in Tallahassee. The last series in Daytona was in 2019 as well. We lost the first two and won the third game of that series. Uh, no, uh, yeah, yeah, so I'm just looking back on that so uh well no check that that's 2019 we actually split we only played two we only played two games in 2019 in daytona against them and we split that so uh it'll be interesting it should be a good matchup for us and so any any rattlers that are in the area if you're not going to the spring game make it over to daytona beach and go support the program uh, in that beautiful ballpark there uh, that should be a good, intense rivalry. We need, we need for, we need for a good crowd. So if if you can go to both, great. Go to both. Go to the baseball game, then you know hit the road and go to the spring game. I know it's a lot of traveling for folks, but do the best you can. 
So let's do this. Let's take a break. Come back after the break. Let's see if Albert Chester is ready to join us. And then we'll get into talking with uh, with Albert uh, Chester about uh, what's going on with our program, what he sees from the spring practices and games and the upcoming year. So you're watching the ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back right after these words. I'm returning to Clinton, Paris, and Tampa's my community. I grew up here, went to school here, and my wife and I make our home here. What makes Tampa special are its people. So when I represent someone injured in my community, it's personal. Call my office and speak to a real lawyer and not some referral service. I will fight the insurance companies to get the settlement that you deserve. At the law office of Clinton Paris, we take the pain out of being hurt. Itchy, squirmy, scratchy, family not getting clean. Get Charmin Ultra Strong. Go get them. It just cleans better. With a diamond weave texture, your family can use less while still getting clean. Goodbye, itchy squirm. Hello, clean bottom. <laughs> <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? Q-Time is our classic Atlanta soul food restaurant located in the historic West End. Q-Time Soul Food is a family business started by Fred and Christine Crenshaw. Come on in, relax, and sink your chops into our tantalizing, mouth-watering, distinctive soul food with a twist, the Q-Time way. 1120 Ralph David Abernathy Boulevard, or call your order in at 404-758-2881. Do you miss your mama's cooking? Then come on down to Q-Time, an Urban Passport member. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. Maureen is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon. So now she's free to become Maureen the Marrier. Food is her love language. And she really loves her grandson. Like, really loves. Oh, that spin class was brutal. Well, you can try using the Buick's massaging seat. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Can I use Apple CarPlay to put some music on? Sure. It's wireless. Pick something we all like. Okay, hold on. What's your Buick's Wi-Fi password? Buick Envision 2021. Oh, you should pick something stronger that's really predictable. That's a really tight spot. Don't worry. I used to hate parallel parking. Me too. Hey. Really outdid yourself. Yes, we did. The all-new Buick Envision. An SUV built around you. All of you. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax.
Welcome back to the OMG Strike Zone. Brian Kelvin Kofi, it's a pleasure to be joined by the quarterback, the man himself, the color commentator on the Rattler Sports Network, the one, the only, Albert Chester Sr. How you doing, Mr. Chester? How you doing, sir? Hey, I'm blessed and highly favored, man. I'm doing good. Great to be back with you guys. All right, man. Look, the, la- the last time we got you, we, we caught you. you we're just audio, so it's good to see you. You're looking good. You're looking refreshed. You're looking ready for the spring game, right? Absolutely. I don't know about all that looking good. Now, I'm just an old man trying to get by, but I'm excited about going to Tallahassee this weekend and uh, see what our rattlers look like. I think the future is bright, and, uh, you know, the, the transfer portal, all the things that's going on, I think it's all been positive, and I'm excited to see what the new stadium looked like. I mean, the second the, the second half of the stadium anyway. So a lot of a lot of things going on, man, and I, I credit uh, A.D. Uh, Gaucher and his staff for doing a tremendous job, and of course, Dr. Robinson. Now, one of the things that we were fortunate enough to learn uh, for the folks out there who are watching us and listening, um, Mr. Chester did inform us that the spring game will be broadcast on on uh, on Facebook. So uh, obviously, if you're unable to make it to the game. Uh, it looks like you'll be able to watch it online. I know there was a lot of conversation about that, whether it would happen or not, but it will be. So uh, Mr. Chester will be calling the game along with uh, Melvin Beal. And I believe, and I'm basing this off a tweet I saw, uh, our good friend of the program, Ty Floyd, will be doing sideline. So um, that's that's big for her. Uh, I know she was already planning on being there. So uh, that will be good. So. Uh, Mr. Chester, what's as we look into this spring game, you know, a lot of people uh, want to know uh, lots, lots of different quarterback battles and other position battles, but what's one or two things that you are interested to see come out of this spring game? Well, you know, we, we lost some talented guys, not a whole lot, but we got a lot of guys coming back. So obviously uh, the quarterback room is always uh, – one that's under the microscope. Uh, Rashad did a great job last year leading the, the ball club, throwing the ball around very well, his leadership ability. We saw him mature throughout the whole season, and that, that was a good thing. Uh, but it's always nice to have competition, so I'm anxious to see how uh, they all have grown in terms of having another year in Coach Simmons' system and uh, see how they've progressed and uh, executing the offense and doing the things that it's going to take uh, to us for us to have a successful year because, uh, like always, everybody's going to be after the Rattlers. So uh, the quarterback room for sure. And then, of course, the offensive line and defensive line, we always need help there in terms of pressuring the quarterback from the defensive line perspective, linebacker play, and uh, even secondary play. I mean, I think that uh, we've got great – we, we got a great team. We got a team that uh, was was nice in terms of depth, but uh, it's always nice to bring some fresh bodies in. The transfer portal has been a blessing to uh, a lot of people. It hadn't hurt the uh, historical black schools. In fact, it's helped. You know, the Deion Sanders factor, I think, has played and it's been a big plus for everyone as well. 
But, you know, I'd be remiss, man, if I didn't go back uh, before we start talking about the spring game is just talk about all the good things that happened at the end of the last season and the postseason uh, accolades that our, our players received, our coaches, and uh, some of the things that have changed in terms of uh, the staffing. Uh, Coach Simmons is always trying to improve the package. And, uh, you know, we had 30 of 32 teams, NFL teams, show up for pro day the other day. I thought that was tremendous. I think that's the first time in the history of the school that's happened. Uh, but that just that's a salute to the program. I, I sent him a text and said, hey, man, that's that's off the hook because Dion was complaining, of, I think, a week later, a week prior uh, about not having all 32 teams. I think he had he was missing 12 teams. But anyway, that's just a salute to the program. And uh, when you think about the guys who are pending uh, opportunities to be drafted this month, that's exciting. And uh, just a guy like Bishop Barnick, I tracked him on Facebook. You know, he he uh, he took a job down in Tampa. He's a superintendent of a construction company, man, and he's got a master's degree. I mean, he took well advantage of the opportunity to play, and I still think he can play somewhere. Uh, but I think he's excited about the opportunity that uh, that's in front of him, and and the way his future is looking is bright. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Calvin. Yeah, also you you kind of running right into where I want to go uh, in terms of uh, coaching staff and change. So we have both our co-offense, I mean defensive coordinators coming on later on in the show. And last year was their first year as co-defense coordinators, and they all they did was like set the the, the standard so high that I don't know how you reach it again, right? Uh, so on the offensive side, on the offensive side now. We lost uh, Coach Stanbeck, offensive line coach. We lost uh, uh, who also co-office coordinator. Uh, we lost KJ to uh, the Rams, uh, who was also quarterbacks and co-office coordinator. We lost our running back coach. Uh, so there's a lot of new faces from a coaching standpoint. Um, talk about the loss of the guys we had and the challenge and the excitement of the guys will be adding in terms of staff for this year's team well I, I tell you what you know rather than talk about them individually because they all brought something to the table and I, I think coach Simmons thought the world of all of them but uh when you're winning and you're successful there are other opportunities that sometime uh will be before you and uh KJ for example he went out there for an internship picked up some some ideas but was very impressive impressive enough that they turn right around and offer them a job i think that's that's tremendous that's off the hook and again a salute to our program but collectively uh you know uh when you got a you got talented guys and i think our guys are disciplined across the board i think they understand coach simmons and what he wants what he expects same thing on, on both sides of the ball offense and defense and uh so new coaches come in they bring in new ideas uh new little nuances twitches that it might be just enough to make make a break a plate and, and i think i'm i'm excited about the, the the new guys coming in i'm sure that uh uh they will be uh assets if not already they will be uh quickly and, and the thing is at the college level the kids there's a believability factor you got to believe and because you you really end up playing for your coach. I mean, any way you look at it, you know, and so there's got to be a kinship and a, and a friendship and a coachmanship, if you will, develop with the players and coaches. And uh, Coach Simmons is, is, is notorious for um, 
being a people kind of guy. He's a he's a players coach. Uh, they all love and respect the guy. You can't help that. And, and you know, he's going to surround himself with people that look and act like him. And uh, and, and I'm excited about what they're going to do. And we're going to see Saturday. Unfortunately, I haven't had, like I said, I haven't had a chance to get up there uh, for the spring at all. So it'll be a new look for me as well. But anytime you bring in new coaches, sometimes uh, it can be challenging. But I think when you're a winning program with, with, with the kind of depth we've had, the reputation we have and the leadership coming from the head coach, I think that that transition is usually going to be uh, relatively smooth. And then anything extra they bring to the table is just going to be icing on the cake for the program. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Kofi. Other coach, Matt, uh, you know, just really being the legendary Rattler that you are, um, obviously we lost another Rattler legend last week in, uh, brother Ike Williams. Uh, I'd like you to speak to that just a little bit, give your feelings and, um, let Rattler nation know for those who don't know, uh, what kind of special athlete and man this guy was. Well, I tell you what, uh, Ike Williams, uh, uh, was a integral part of our success back in the seventies, uh, in 77 and 78. Uh, I, if you saw him on the street, you wouldn't believe he was a football player. Uh, small in stature, big in heart, and had a genuine smile that would light up a room. You know, when he hung up his cleats, he was the uh, all-time single-season leading Russia in FAMU history. And uh, he did that, and we still had a couple of games left in the season because he got hurt uh, against Gramlin. But uh, I, uh, from Tampa, uh, had, had been living in Orlando for years, and um, he uh, has struggles with some some ailments. But uh, what a talented guy, uh, a leader by his play. I mean, he didn't he didn't make a lot of noise, but the smile and what he did uh, on the field was uh, was second to none. I tell you what, there's a kinship that's developed when you do something special like we did in 77 and 78, 77 undefeated, 78, uh, win the first division one WNA national championship. And of course he was on the sideline in a boot on crutches, but, uh, we wouldn't have been there. No doubt in my mind, uh, had, had we not had Ike Williams, you know, it's, uh, you know, death, death is very challenging to the flesh, but we have to yield to God's decision and be at peace. And, and, and I tell you what, the guy, uh, and you can never prepare yourself for it, you know, and, and, and I hadn't spoken to Ike in a while, but but had I talked to him uh, before he passed, it would have been just like we never missed a beat. And and I, I'm, I'm speaking for all the guys uh, who played with us, but uh, a tremendous uh, talent and heaven just got to be a little sweeter uh, with Ike's arrival. Thanks, man. Well, well, well said, Mr. Chester. Uh, again, just a reminder for folks out there watching and listening, um, tomorrow uh, uh, Saturday's spring game will be broadcast on Facebook. You can hear Mr. Chester along with Melvin Beal, Ty Floyd on the sideline, uh, calling that game. Uh, one of our one of our uh, folks in the chat room asked if you had any footage or any uh, of the game footage from the '78 semifinal game between FAM and Jackson State. Um, we, you know, I don't know if that's out there. I don't know where it is, but that I, I don't know if you've been asked that before. 
But, uh, it, you know, I just wanted to kind of, before I forgot to ask you, if, if you had any any uh, any answers on that. Well, well, let me tell you this. First of all, I've been chasing film footage since I left FAMU because I know how <laughs> priceless it is. And uh, the 77 highlight film was narrated by Michael Sawyer, who was our tight end and the business major at FAMU. And he's, he's since passed away. He was uh, a minister, but he had that voice. I was told, and back then, now, we didn't have the, the kind of equipment that these guys have now. That, all that footage was on, actually on film. It's my understanding that that film was, was burned up in the archives, unfortunately, uh, at FAMU. There was a fire up there. Now, the 78 highlight film is out there. I think everybody has that one. Um, and, of course, it's doctored up. Now, I've got a call in to Lynn Thompson. I've, I've spoken with him over the last 10 years because I've been trying to capture the Bethune-Cookman game from 1978. He told me he had the 78 offensive, our offensive against their defense, the entire game, and he was getting it digitized and he was going to get it to me. He told me that as recent as two days ago after I shared with him the value of it because I said, all my guys are checking out on me, man, and this kind of stuff is priceless. Now, the Jackson State game, uh, I don't have anything on it at all. And, and, you know, I wish I did. Um, that was one of those games that uh, I think we've talked about this before. That, to me, was the national championship game. A great football game in cold weather. Uh, had great running backs over there at, at Jackson State like they traditionally do. And um, But I don't have anything on the Jackson State game. I, I might have one or two plays that someone put together for me. The other thing is if anybody has a contact with uh, TV – Channel 6 in Tallahassee, they may have something because the Rudy Hubbard show was broadcast there live, and it was some great footage, even uh, sideline footage of of, uh, our games, highlights of of the particular games that uh, I've been trying to get a hold of, but I'm not not having any luck. So to answer your question, no, I do not, unfortunately, but uh, I do have a copy of the highlight film, but you can see that on YouTube for the 78th season. The 77th season, I think, has been lost uh, forever. What was unique about that 78 Bethune game that you mentioned wanting to get your hands on? What What was unique about that? Well, well, <laughs> the reason I wanted to see that, because one, I don't ever remember seeing it. You know, after after we played a game, we would come back in, come back to the, to, to, to the field on Sunday, and we would watch that previous game before we get ready for our next opponent. Well, the next opponent was, was Grambling. For some reason... I never saw the the the, the Bethune Cookman game, and uh, of course we we had some some big time plays, and there was a run that I was able to make, and uh, I, I I've never seen that run. I hear people talk about it, but I've never seen it. So, uh, just like any team, um, Bethune Cookman would put all of their defense on uh, their, all of our offense against their defense on one reel, and and like to, for study purpose. So that's why Lynn told me he had that and he was going to share it with me. So in, in essence, all I'm saying, I mean, it was some excellent runs by Ike. Um, in fact, the highlight film, I was speaking to Vaughn Wilson uh, earlier this week, and I was telling him that uh, the Maryland Eastern Shore game, the Morris Brown game, the Bethune-Cookman game are three games that, uh, and, and the homecoming, Alabama A&M game, well, Ike uh, actually broke the record, the single-seat regression on, on, a, on an option play that we ran. He, he, he scooted right in 
by 10, 12 yards for a touchdown. In the Maryland Eastern Shore game, he went 50 yards untouched on, on an option play. I mean, that was probably one of the most um, prolific and prototype options that we ran that year. I mean, but it was perfect block. Uh, you know, I tagged the end on the inside and pitched to Ike. And, you know, Ike didn't have great speed. He wasn't real strong, wasn't big, but he never got run down. And if you got in front of him, I promise you, you was going to miss him because he was always going to make the, uh, the, the the first man miss. But, um, I, hey, look, it, it's just precious to me because it's valuable. I remember all of this like it was like it was yesterday, and, and it was over 40 years ago all this went down. So if I got to warm up to put my clothes on, you understand why. <laughs> all right we'll keep up we keep our ears open you guys out there uh if you guys have any any leads or any info on that uh bethune cookman game from 78 uh you you let us know or you let mr chester know uh go ahead uh kelvin i want you to kind of talk about uh it's way too early to predict what's going to happen right now um in terms of swag play but you do know uh, we, we've had a recruiting season. We're in the spring season now. You kind of have a feel for, you know, what teams are bringing back in terms of talent. Um, I'm interested to know how you kind of size up. Let's just say SWAC East right now, because there was a lot of coaching changes on the SWAC West. But, you know, you know Alabama and MJSU, Mississippi Valley, Bethune fam, we we all kind of you know been there, done that. Uh, don't have changed. Alabama State was the only one that changed the staff completely. So you know, right now, uh, how you sizing things up? Well, I tell you what, uh, the SWAC conference as a whole, I think is uh, is the SEC of black college football, and I think that uh, of course the Deion Sanders factor. You, you, you bring in the top recruit in the country and the portal itself has allowed all the teams in the SWAC, specifically the, the SWAC, because I haven't tracked anybody else, but I'm sure there's been some other transfers. And then you got these big name coaches, Jackson at Gremlin, you got uh, Eddie George at Tennessee State, of course, Dion's at um, Jackson State, you got uh, Eddie Robinson, who's at Alabama State. Uh, and of course, our guy Willie Simmons, who I think is uh, respected in the coaching community by by everybody on all levels. But in terms of the the, the swag and, and what you're going to see this year, I think you, you're going to see some intense football, and that's exactly what we want. We want the best type competition. We want to show uh, showcase what we have. I'm sure all all the teams want to do that. And uh, the the thing is getting all that talent and and finding that chemistry. And making that machine run because you can have a boatload of talent but if they ain't coached up and the chemistry ain't good you ain't gonna win in the football games and uh and that's that's the whole key to, to coaching and how it all meshes but i think uh i like to see i mean i met the commissioner from the swag great guy i know he's got to be feeling real good about uh the future of the swag um i like to see us see if we can get a tv contract man and really take advantage of some financial opportunities that everybody can grow. And, and what has to happen, the athletic directors, along with their administration at, at various schools, all the black schools need to try to take advantage of uh, a pimp, I would say, the, the Deion Sanders factor in trying to get uh, corporate America to buy into doing some of the things around their school, improving their facilities and 
and being sponsors for for different things and the opportunity is there. I mean, and when the opportunity is there, you gotta you gotta make make something happen. You you need to do that. You gotta be aggressive because if you if you're scared of no, you're in the wrong business. So I mean, you just gotta be aggressive about going after that. But uh, from a football perspective, uh, and even basketball, just athletics uh, as a whole, I think the SWAC is moving in the right direction. Got the right kind of leadership. We got some big name coaches. Uh, and and I don't know, Kevin. Did, did, I, there was an invitation. Uh, there was some talk earlier about Tennessee State coming to join the SWAC. I don't know where yes. that is, and I saw yes. where they're going to play. They, they're going to play Notre Dame. I mean, I think that's yes. that's huge. You know, that's true. You know, I mean, it's a huge opportunity. I mean, we open up with North Carolina. I mean, I think that's that's excellent. Great exposure for our kids, and if, and, and anything that's going to help uh, protect the FAMU brand, man, I'm down with it. But uh, I think it's going to be a tremendous year. I'm excited about it. I can't wait to see how we look on the field and how Coach Simmons has, has uh, plugged in these new guys um, and, and see how they can make a contribution to making us, you know, nine and two is, is sweet. Now we, we, we got to be 11 and 0. I mean, we, we went out there and played that team in the playoffs and they had the big quarterback who threw the ball around real well. He'll probably get a chance to play on Sundays, but that was super exposure for our our program. And uh, so I'm, I'm excited about it, man. I stay excited and uh, I'm just hoping that we can stay healthy and our kids will continue to do what they need to do in the classroom and, and be model students uh, as well as athletes. And uh, we make it all happen. You know, one one love, uh, one band, one sound, the, the whole piece from, from Robinson on down, that's what we gotta have. When you need the support of the fans to come out and I hope they show up on Saturday. And uh, and take part in everything that we're trying to do. Make last year was the first run. Now we had a feel for for us, what it's all about. This year, let's let's go ahead and kick that door down. Well said, well said, Kofi. Go ahead and close this up with uh, with uh, Mr. Chester. Oh man! So um, since you've been calling family football games, I know there's been a lot of different memories. What's what's your favorite memory or what's your favorite game that you call uh, as an announcer since you've been out the booth? And and lastly, let me say this, because I know we in Duval right here, right? So when are we going to bring the Bowl City Classic back to Jacksonville? Well, well, I'm going to answer that one for you first. Now, uh, there's some conversation with uh, some elected officials here in Jacksonville about doing just that. In fact, I've uh, I pushed uh, – go shade toward some of these folks and I'm hope some of this will come to fruition. I think they're going to be making rounds over here uh, sometime this month or early May. I, I, I think it's late April and hopefully we can make that connection and make that happen. There's no reason why we shouldn't be playing a game in Jacksonville. Uh, we got a, we got a, a, a venue that, that was supported and we got a fan base obviously that was supported. I, I'm going to tell you this, man. Uh, I was, I was trying to push when the Gator bowl game, fell behind because one of the teams had the COVID issue, whatever it was. I was pushing hard to try to get them to bring FAMU over here to play them. And, and I had spoken to some folks, man, and we actually made a good run at that. I don't know if anybody knows that, but we, we actually made a good run at that, but it didn't materialize. But nevertheless, uh, we, we're pushing the brand. Now, in terms of uh, great games, now, now see, COVID, back, back in the day, man, when I had some hair, man, I called some games on the Sunshine Network. Um, so <laughs> so this is not my first rodeo. Yeah, this, this is back in the day when Ken Riley was coaching and 
Um, but I, I tell you what, uh, I just enjoy seeing a well-coached football game. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, we had a couple of wins um, um, last year that I enjoyed watching. We came from behind, and the guys uh, uh, showed the, the intestinal fortitude. We, we had two or three games like that the season before as well. Um, but but I'm, I'm gonna tell you, I don't I don't I don't want to say I have a favorite, but I mean I just want to make sure that we get the W. When all the smoke right. clears, that's all I care about. I don't care I don't care about anything else. I don't care about statistics. I don't care who did it. All I want to do is make sure we got that W when we load that bus and head back to the airport. Absolutely. All right. Um, hey, uh, again, uh, Mr. Chester, we we appreciate you coming in and joining us this evening, getting us ready for this spring game. Again, the game will be broadcast on Facebook, so you can hear 2 o'clock. That's what time to kick off. You know, they'll probably have maybe a little pregame or something before. So be ready to tune in. Obviously, if you're going to the game, I think it's a $10 admission. You have to buy your tickets in advance if I read the press release correctly. So don't just show up at the stadium because you, you're going to be mad. So don't, you know, buy your tickets in advance. If you're going to go, if you're not able to make it, you can watch it. You can hear Mr. Chester along with Melvin Beal and uh, Ty Floyd. They'll be calling the game. They'll be talking about all the stuff going on. Big Pack Day, Junior Day, so there'll be a lot of people around town. You know, if you've been following the news on uh, following us on Twitter, I mean, we've been offering scholar opportunities to the biggest and baddest five-star, four-star guys. So, uh, you know, you got to fish. You know, I, I heard someone say, well, why are you giving out all those offers? Look, you, you can't catch a big fish if you don't throw your hook in the water. So we got to we got to go after people. We got to go because we got a good program and we know we have a good program and uh, they know we have a good program. And so we can't wait and rely just on the transfer portal. We got to go get them out of high school. I saw a coach go after an eighth grader. Now, he was he was as big as him. So but I was like, yo, that just tells me right there that we're chasing. We're chasing the biggest and the best. So, uh, hey, Mr. Chester, you have uh, we appreciate you joining us. Have a good broadcast. We're going to be looking for you because we're going to be up there uh, this Saturday. So we're going to look for you. And uh, hopefully we can get a few minutes of your time when, we, uh, when we're up there, okay? 10-4. You guys be safe. All right. You too, okay. sir. Thank you again. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Let's again, go. that's uh, Albert Chester joining us on the ONG Strike Zone. Before we go to a break, uh, yeah, just a reminder, you know, I don't know if a lot of you guys caught the draft. Uh, I know a lot of you were uh, – you may have caught the mid middle of the draft or the halfway point of the draft. Uh, the, the number one overall pick might surprise some people. Kelvin, the number one pick was? Jalen – uh, Ghost, uh, Goss from uh, Florida State, offensive tackle. Whoa, whoa, what? An offensive lineman goes first overall? What? Evidently, yeah, he's been balling. impression since he's been here. That's that's saying something, isn't it? That's saying something. It is. Uh, yeah, I believe he went to the green team, green drafted first, and then orange drafted second. Uh, obviously, they did a snake draft, so that means green orange got the next two picks. 
and they picked Rashawn McKay first. And were there? Any I believe. Trades? Okay, that was that was interesting. Coach Simmons said about midway through, no trades. So the reason that was interesting when he said it is because I believe the Orange took both quarterbacks right off the bat. They took not only did they take McKay, uh, but then they took um, Jeremy Musa with the with the first pick of the second round. So now you're sitting there wondering, like, okay, who's quarterbacking Green Team? And uh, then the Green Team came back, and then I, I think they took uh, uh, Zay Smith and uh, right. So they took they took yeah. the two receivers, right? And then I, I think a couple of picks later. They took Muratovic, Orange did. So the top three quarterbacks, according to the depth chart now, or at least according to how they were drafted, or you can debate all you want, McKay, uh, Musa, Muratovic, all are playing on the Orange team. No trade. I'm going to say this. Means- Let me say this. Don't yeah. sleep. That room is so deep. Now, McKay has the experience. He knows the playbook. Musa's a baller. But I'm hearing that Sapp is, is, has closed that gap considerably. And Ja'Cory, is he on the green team? Yeah, all the rest uh, of the green team. Ja'Cory, yeah, this will be an opportunity for Ja'Cory to show his worth. You know, Ja'Cory and Sapp, uh, who uh, I think it's a great opportunity for them both to really show what they got, man. It's going to be good. Yeah, so the green team that quarterbacks, you got Kim. Yeah, you got Cameron Sapp, uh, of course, Redshirt Jr. out of Jacksonville, Ja'Cory Jordan, uh, the 6'4 sophomore from Jacksonville, and LeJon Howard, the Redshirt senior from New Orleans. Those All three of those guys are on green. So I, I found that probably the most interesting thing off the bat. I, I, don't, have the, I don't have the list of where the running backs went per se, uh, or any of the other big names, uh, we'll try to see if we can petition and get that. But uh, I, I, I know there'll be a. Oh, you do have it. Okay, we'll hold it because we'll talk about it a little bit later. You did get it. Okay, we, we'll break that down a little bit later in the show. Coming up at the top of the second hour, it's the top of the hour. Coming up on the other side, we're gonna we're gonna have an interview with Akil Blunt, the former uh, two time All Miac. Uh, All-American team captain for uh, FAMU. And we'll find out what he's got going on. uh, And and we'll get a chance to talk with him coming up here on the other side. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone with Brian. I'm Brian. That's Kelvin. That's Kofi. We'll be back right after these words. Let's go. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watts and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. I'm returning to Clinton, Paris, and Tampa's my community. 
I grew up here, went to school here, and my wife and I make our home here. What makes Tampa special are its people. So when I represent someone injured in my community, it's personal. Call my office and speak to a real lawyer and not some referral service. I will fight the insurance companies to get the settlement that you deserve. At the Law Office of Clinton Paris, we take the pain out of being hurt. Itchy, squirmy, scratchy, family not getting clean? Get Charmin Ultra Strong. Go get them. It just cleans better. With a diamond weave texture, your family can use less while still getting clean. Goodbye, itchy squirm. Hello, clean bottom. <laughs> <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? Q-Time is our classic Atlanta soul food restaurant located in the historic West End. Q-Time Soul Food is a family business started by Fred and Christine Crenshaw. Come on in, relax, and sink your chops into our tantalizing, mouth-watering, distinctive soul food with a twist, the Q-Time way. 1120 Ralph David Abernathy Boulevard, or call your order in at 404-758-2881. Do you miss your mama's cooking? Then come on down to Q-Time, an Urban Passport member. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. Welcome back to the OMG Strike Zone, Brian, Kelvin, and Kofi. And what we always like to do around this time, we got to, any chance we can get FAMU football alums to come on the show, we consider it a win. So it's a pleasure to have on uh, uh, Akil Blunt, who uh, not only was a uh, two time captain, a two time all MEAC player. Um, uh, Two-time, might have even been an All-American. Uh, I'm trying to recall that we win the MEAC when uh, when Akil was playing. We we you know we probably probably should have if we didn't, but uh, definitely uh, Akil is one of the one of the standout linebackers. Uh, total 207 tackles, 20, 22 and a half for loss when he was at FAMU. Akil, welcome to the ONG. How you doing, my man? I'm doing good. I appreciate you having me on. It's always good to be around Rattlers. So I feel I was actually getting kind of hyped up when I saw the little lead in of the video. I'm like, oh yeah, man, I'm this right up my alley. Let's <laughs> go. You, uh, so you you had some great years where you were playing against the MEAC opponents. You now you see this. The, the, you know we joined the SWAC. Are are you a little? Are you little? Is there a little bit of maybe envy when you see that these guys, these young guys, get an opportunity to play in the SWAC? What what what's your thoughts on the program transitioning from the MEAC into the SWAC? 
Yeah, I, I wouldn't say any uh, envy. I think it's it's great for the team, great for the guys, great exposure. Um, I know one thing about the SWAC is that it's tough week in and week out. You got uh, a good game. It doesn't matter who's playing or uh, where at. It's it's a good game all across the board. So um, I, I'm really excited as an alumni and as a former player to see the you know advancements that the program has made. Um, there was a lot of things that, that we were working to do to help the program, you know, advance from the weight room to the uh, locker room to, um, you know, all those things. It's, it's good to see that growth. I mean, that, that's what makes you excited as alumni and, and proud as well. So I'm nothing but excited for the team and those guys and, and, and happy for them. And, and, and obviously, you know, there's a lot of history in your family with the SWAC. Uh, so I know, so I know that now that FAMU is there, you can kind of get into those sort of uh, those those family battles or those those family discussions, and kind of when FAMU, uh, you know, takes takes on, you know, your your your, your father's alums, this upcoming, you know, you can get you can have kind of have those back and forth, right? Kind of feels good. Oh now. yeah, oh yeah, bragging rights for 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 the whole year so they've been hearing it from me every time somebody takes a loss they're hearing it and it was actually um interesting because <laughs> i know a lot of my uh family lee rattler uh family knows that I, I was working with the black college hall of fame and being able to represent FAMU in in that capacity i mean it really meant the world to be around some of the greatest players that went to um, you know HBCUs and their Hall of Famers, um, you know like uh, Robert Brazil, Robert Porsche, um, you know Donald Drivers going in this year, uh, Coach Taylor, you know he went in. So I mean I was head over heels when you know when he went in, and I was uh, proud to be a former player of his. But uh, we had uh, the Black College Hall of Fame Classic. And, you know, we were playing Jackson State. It didn't turn out the way that we wanted. But to, you know, go back and forth with Robert Brazil about, fam, you playing Jackson State and, you know, how we're going to beat them and whatnot, it's, it was kind of a unique um, – it, it was really unique to have that exchange. Go ahead, uh, Kelvin, jump in there. Uh, Kel, again, thank you, man, for sharing some of your time uh, with us. And I want you to kind of talk about – just where you you left off at. So talk about how you, the fellowship, how you got into uh, the role you did in terms of the NFL. And then I know that uh, uh, you've taken on kind of a new role with uh, my childhood favorite franchise, my team, the Atlanta Falcons. So just kind of talk about that journey, how that came about. Yeah, well, I would, I would say that it really started, you know, at FAMU and even before I got to FAMU, just the opportunity to come there and play football. Man, growing up, I was a basketball player. I loved basketball. I wanted to be in the gym. I wanted to be in the AC. I didn't want to, you know, be diving in the grass and whatnot. But, I mean, I kept playing football. And, um, you know, every year that I played, it was just a, you know, leaps and bounds of, of another great season. And it was actually FAMU when we played uh, Southern at the Atlanta Classic my senior year that uh, both schools had offered me a scholarship. So you talk about that um, MEAC and that SWAC exchange. 
uh, Stump Mitchell. He was coaching up in Cleveland with the Browns, and he's still up there. So I saw him, and we've texted back and forth this this past uh, year and whatnot. And I always remember, I'm like, yeah, Coach Mitchell, you you know, you offered me my first scholarship to Southern. Um, I, I apologize, I turned it down, but I think I made the right decision and whatnot. But um, that's really how you know it got started. End up playing you know, at FAMU and just kind of honestly football steamrolled from there. I mean, there were things through football that I never knew were possible. And, you know, I credit that to FAMU. And I tell guys that come behind me or that, uh, you know, other young guys that, man, there's a world of opportunity out there. And, uh, you know, FAMU gave it to me. So it doesn't matter, you know, what school you're at. HBCUs are just as powerful as PWIs and, um, you know, from there, you know, played, uh, had the opportunity to uh, be in some training camps and play with some NFL teams, which is another, you know, dream come true and something that I never thought was, you know, possible until I got to FAMU. And even now working in the game of football, um, it just, you know, God continues to surprise me, you know, more and more, uh, you know, with my journey through football. All right. Go ahead, Kofi. Hubba Kill, man. It's great to see you and doing great things. Um, talk about uh, the fellowship that you're a part of right now. Uh, let people know what you're doing um, with the fellowship with the Atlanta Falcons so we can just go ahead and brag about you a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I had started out when I had uh, got released from the teams that I had signed with. I actually went back to FAMU and uh, got my MBA there, and I was working out with the team and whatnot, and I had went to the Super Bowl, and I met David Baker, and he said, hey, we have this opportunity at the Pro Football Hall of Fame to uh, with the Black College Football Hall of Fame, and it was a fellowship position. It was the James Harris Doug Williams Fellowship, and that's kind of where I started at. But um, – at my time with the Hall of Fame, I had transitioned from that into a full-time role overseeing the Black College Hall of Fame, you know, as a liaison between the Pro Football Hall of Fame and Black College Football Hall of Fame and uh, help manage and, and work to build that Black College Football Hall of Fame and the classic that we have every year in Canton. Um, as of the past month, um, I transitioned from the Hall of Fame and now working with the Atlanta Atlanta Falcons on the you know business development side as a as a group sales executive, um, which you know it's just amazing to be down here in Atlanta working with the you know Atlanta Falcons and again continuing that that football journey. So um, starting at the Hall of Fame was a good opportunity. Um, working with the Black College Hall of Fame and building that, you know, is amazing. We're still, you know, doing work and advocating for HBCUs, but to be with the NFL team, you know, kind of in the front office is a, uh, that's, that's a dream come true and, and currently where I'm at right now. Mm -hmm. Hey, with, um, with what we've seen over the last couple of years from, I guess we, we can call it a heightened awareness by the NFL towards HBCUs and, and other entities. Um, in this past couple of years, it's probably like the introduction of it. What, where do you, what, what, where does it keep going? How does it keep growing? I mean, a lot of people think that with the fact that this is the first year where we may have multiple draft picks, 
Um, just what's your perspective on where this heightened awareness from the NFL uh, and, and other entities can go for HBCUs? Yeah, I think it, I think it's interesting, and for a lot of people, HBCUs are a a new thing almost, or something that they're just now learning about. But you know, Ron and Kelvin, you know, we know that the this is nothing new. I mean, these HBCUs have been a cornerstone and a pillar for the black community. Uh, you know, way before um, you know. 2020 or 2021 and i think that you know right now uh the awareness is growing it's much needed there's been a lot of progress that's been made but um definitely think there's still a long way to go um and i think that you know with the awareness like you talked about with the nfl um and with a lot of other companies and corporations around the country uh, you know it, it it's growing and you see uh, owners making, you know, a commitment. I know that Arthur Blankhead contributed to the Black College Football Hall of Fame. You see, um, you know, the HBCU Combine, which is something that also, you know, recently, uh, you know, Jim Nagy and that team down there at the Reese's Senior Bowl, that was something that was, you know, a first time for this year. And then, man, the HBCU Legacy Bowl, that was that was special this year down in New Orleans um, at Tulane Stadium, um, which was supported by the NFL, you know, Patrick Mahomes and just other different players were there supporting that. Um, so it's, I mean, I think that that's great for the schools. Uh, they're getting the recognition that they deserve. And I think that, um, you know, we are, we're, we're headed in the right direction. I think that, um, you know, it's good for the, for the community. It's good for the students and, um, it's just good overall. Go ahead, Kelvin. Hey, Kel, I know you've always been a, a, a faith Christian kind of guy, always been active with the community, active in church when you was in Tallahassee uh, and, and wherever you go. And I, I kind of peek, recognize that, you know, you got some significant things going on with you on, in that realm uh, also, so kind of just talk about your, you know, how your faith has kind of enhanced and guided your path and um, what's happening now. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question, a deep question. And uh, I mean, just to simply start it off is that, I mean, you know, God can do more through us than we can do, you know, with ourselves. And I think my whole story and my whole journey you know, it's just a testimony of what, um, you know, God can do when we trust him. I mean, what I was telling you before about the doors that football has opened, I mean, it is just completely mind-blowing of the opportunities that continue to present themselves, um, you know, through football. And I've, you know, I always, you know, ask God to just continue to lead me and guide me and direct me and allow me to use my platform to you know, influence other people and to influence other athletes and other young people. And I mean, he's been the center of that um, for me. But, you know, the other thing that I would say is that there's also been, you know, a lot of adversity as well. Um, you know, I'll transparently say is that, you know, my my daughter, she was born at an early age. And that was something that um, God prepared me and helped me 
through um, and she's been able to come see me play at FAMU. She's been able to come to, you know, the Dallas Cowboys Stadium and stand on the sideline and, uh, you know, see me graduate twice from Florida A&M. So it's I mean, it's just things like that that I I thank God for. Um, And, you know, when I had got released from the Steelers as well, I mean, everything hasn't been perfect, but, you know, uh, God has a a path and a plan. And, you know, I thought that playing football for 10 or 12 years might have been that path and plan. But, um, you know, for me to see that transition in his plan in my life, it's just been um, it's been perfect and it's it's amazing. And, um, you know, God can do amazing things when we when we trust him. Amen, indeed. Amen, indeed. Uh, Kofi. Yes, man. That, that is awesome, man. I felt like lifting my hands up and doing a little shake the <laughs> fingers right there. All right. Yeah, but go ahead. seriously, Praise um, Praise. what? <laughs> absolutely. What is the? Uh, what is the? What is your dream um, going for it, man? You, you're doing great things. God has ordered your steps for a time such as this. What is the dream that God has placed on the inside of you? What What do you feel like the the ultimate place would be for you at this time or going forward? Yeah, so I think there's a lot of different ways that I can answer that question. I mean, uh, first is to do his work and his will. But, I mean, honestly, personally, um, I want to win a Super Bowl. I, I definitely would, would want to do that. Hopefully, uh, that comes from the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, you know, that's my organization and team that I'm working with. And, I, um, you know, that's just always been – a dream of mine. So, you know, that's a little inside scoop on what, you know, one of my ultimate career goals is. And that would be um, uh, just, I mean, I can't even put in the words what that, you know, might feel like, but that's the goal is to be a part of organization, um, win a Super Bowl, help do my part in the organization um, in doing that. But then also I have, you know, other goals as well is to help continue to advanced HBCUs, uh, you know, all across the board. Um, the Black College Hall of Football Hall of Fame is a, is a, you know, near and dear to my heart. Um, help and be an ambassador for, you know, FAMU at the, uh, you know, highest football level, you know, in the NFL and the relationships that I have. And I'm, you know, I'm excited because I'm, I'm just getting started and I love to, you know, build those relationships and do whatever I can for the, for the team. And I think that, um, you know, there'll be a lot of good things that, that come from FAMU alumni. And I just hope to, you know, be one of those that can help elevate the, the program, you know, give other former players, you know, opportunity because there's tons of them out there and, you know, people are really wanting to support our students and we just have to, you know, connect those dots. So that's something that, you know, I hope to do. And, um, hope to make a significant contribution to, to FAMU. How about Akil? Hey, Akil, before we, uh, before we let you out of here, obviously with the spring game coming up on Saturday, uh, it's sort of the beginning or the first look that a lot of folks are going to get for the upcoming season. What are some recollections that you have of spring games, spring practices, uh, you know, any interesting stories you want to tell, how they prepare you for the upcoming year? Um, well, you know, the spring games, that's really the the start to the season. I mean, that's the, that's 
that's the that's the kickoff. I mean, for a lot of players, that's where you earn your money at. Uh, for guys that aren't on scholarship, if you want to if you want to get paid, then you got to make make plays in in spring and get on scholarship there. Um, one of the and I hate to tell this story, but it was probably the only time. But I remember I missed when we used to practice at like 4.30 in the morning. It was probably like the craziest thing ever. But we used to practice early as heck because, you know, you got schedules and uh, class schedules and whatnot. And the, the, that was the time that we were, you know, we were on the field. And I remember one time I had stayed up just a little too late and you know i prided myself on being on time being a leader all that and there was just one time it was the only time i ever missed practice and um i overslept for practice and woke up probably 7 30 in the morning and uh Whoa. i was devastated but that was the one thing that it came to mind when you talk about um when you talk about spring but uh it's a, it's you know good to have some football come back around when it's not technically football season. I think that um, there's a lot of buzz and whatnot around it, but that's you know spring spring, spring football. That's that's good good football. I, I hate to ask. I hate to bring that continue on with that memory. Where any care to share what that punishment was or, or that con- conditioning was like after you missed that? Oh man, people don't understand the different things that coaches will make up to punish players, but again, I mean, we were the worst thing. I mean, I absolutely hate it. I can run all day. I'll, you know, run as much as I need to because I feel like I'm, you know, working on my cardio, whatever it is. But if you've ever rolled, rolling is the worst football punishment ever. You start on the goal line and you just roll and roll and roll all the way down the field. I mean, but you're dizzy. Uh, by the time you get to the other end of the field, man, it, you're thinking about, I will never do whatever I just did again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've, I've seen it. I've seen it as I just walk away because I just know it just looks it looks painful uh when i've seen it happen before so yeah that's a and real quick guys before we we hop off i don't know if you talked about it before but i mean the the pro day i think that 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 was just phenomenal and amazing and to see the team show up in the capacity that they did i mean that's that's what you really hope for and wish for as a program to you know have players that are worthy of that recognition and the you know actually draw uh, NFL scouts and coaches and, and to be on the map. I mean, that that was really great to see uh, how the pro day turnout was. Yeah, yeah, de- oh, definitely. I mean, because you had so much attention after uh, after they had the pro day at Jackson State and, you know, there's some comments about how many didn't show up. And so, you know, not not to say that, that spurred on all these teams that showed up, but it was just good to see following that, that you had 32 teams, 30 NFL uh, that were there. And so uh, it, it certainly was a testament. And when you look at all of those guys who participated, you just can't but come away with think, man, some of those guys are going to have opportunities, whether they get drafted, undrafted free agents, or, you know, nowadays you got two extra leagues, you know, the fact that there's two extra leagues, oh, yeah. uh, you know, that's a, that's more opportunities for guys. 
Definitely. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah no, Akil, let people know where they can follow you, where they can find you on social media. Uh, follow me on Twitter. It's, uh, my Twitter is I am Akil Blunt 47. Um, and I'll be sure to respond, retweet, interact, or, or anything there. And just, yeah, if you just type my name in, Akil Blunt, um, it'll come up on Instagram, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, anything there. So I'm always looking to connect with my Rattler family. Well said. So uh, mm-hmm. Rattler Nation, if if you guys are out there, you know, make sure you go ahead and find Akil on Twitter or Instagram. Hit him up, follow him. Make sure you let him know you appreciate him coming on the show, giving his time uh, this evening. All right. So we appreciate you guys doing that. Uh, Akil, anything we left off that you that you want to mention, uh, give you the opportunity for the last word before we close out. Man, it's just great to see what FAMU's doing to be able to graduate from the university and then go represent the, the university um, in the different capacities that I'm working in. Uh, I mean, I think that we should all just be proud to be uh, Rattlers and to represent. And if anybody out there doesn't know, I mean, FAMU's name carries weight and it carries a lot of weight out there in the uh, in the professional world. So, I mean, I couldn't be more proud to be a, a FAMU Rattler. So let's strike and strike and strike again. There it Let's is. Go. There it is. Well said. Akil Blunt, thanks for joining us tonight on the ONG Strike Zone. Uh, we're going to take a break and come back with our co-defensive coordinators, Coach Ryan Smith and Coach Brandon Sharp. We'll talk to them after the break. Akil Blunt, make sure you go hit him up, folks, Twitter and Instagram. Go look him up, find him. And, uh, again, man, thank you for coming on tonight. God bless you, and uh, we'll see you down the road, all right? All right. Appreciate you guys. All right. All right. We'll be back right after these words. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone. Maureen is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon. So now she's free to become Maureen the Marrier. Food is her love language. And she really loves her grandson. Like really loves. Oh, that spin class was brutal. You can try using the Buick's massaging seat. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Can I use Apple CarPlay to put some music on? Sure. It's wireless. Pick something we all like. Okay, hold on. What's your Buick's Wi-Fi password? Buick Envision 2021. Oh, you should pick something stronger. That's really predictable. That's a really tight spot. Don't worry. I used to hate parallel parking. Me, Me too. Hey. You really outdid yourself. Yes, we did. The all-new Buick Envision. An SUV built around you. All of you. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax.
This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watts and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. I'm returning to Clinton, Paris, and Tampa's my community. I grew up here, went to school here, and my wife and I make our home here. What makes Tampa special are its people. So when I represent someone injured in my community, it's personal. Call my office and speak to a real lawyer and not some referral service. I will fight the insurance companies to get the settlement that you deserve. At the law office of Clinton Paris, we take the pain out of being hurt. Itchy, squirmy, scratchy, family not getting clean. Get Charmin Ultra Strong. Go get them. It just cleans better. With a diamond weave texture, your family can use less while still getting clean. Goodbye, itchy squirm. Hello, clean bottom. <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? Welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. We told you we had a loaded show tonight. Brian, Kelvin, and Kofi joining us. Uh, one of our uh, co-defensive coordinators of our football staff. We got Coach Ryan Smith. Apparently, we're waiting on Coach Sharp to come in a little bit. So, hopefully, he may be coming in, joining us in the middle of the broadcast. Coach, how you doing this evening? Man, I'm doing great. Glad to be on. Just got finished with a draft, so it's been a busy day. Had practice at 6 this morning. Uh, it's been a busy day, but it's been a good day. Well, hey, we we appreciate you. Long day. We appreciate you making some time out for us. Uh, now, you you told us in the break you are coaching the or or you were part of the draft crew that drafted Green. You're on the part of the Green coaching staff, right? Brian, can you repeat the question? Wait, I'm sorry. That, that's all right, Coach. I was saying you you were telling us in the in the break you were part of the uh, Green coaching staff in the draft room, correct? Yes, sir. All right. So so help us help. So break down your your draft. Give us your draft analysis. Uh, how well you think you guys did? Um, you might have shocked a few people going offensive lineman first. Give us a give us a little explanation on on the strategy there. So, you know, all games start in the trenches, so you always got to be able to protect. And, uh, you know, kind of what makes it interesting is you get the first pick, but then they get the next two. So, of course, they took the – and sometimes you take people just to keep the other team from getting them. So, you know, once they took the two quarterbacks, well, then we were going to take the two receivers, and then it just kind of snowballs from there. But it's a lot of fun because, you know, you're – not only are you trying to get people to help you, but you're also making sure you get people that don't hurt you either on Saturday. 
Uh, so, you know, when we, we took the two receivers, K-Dot and uh, X Smith. So, you know, now you got some home run threats. And then we had a couple backers. And they, we wound up actually getting our top four backers. So that was actually good for us. But, you know, don't don't remind Coach Sharp of that. <laughs> so he'll be on the other team. <laughs> you said, but, you know, it, it's he... all fun, but on Saturday, we all get competitive, and the last thing you want to do is come to work and have to listen to somebody tell you something about a, a orange and green game, right? So, last year, we kind of agreed not to blitz, and then when it got on the line, I'm not going to name any names, but Coach Sharp did blitz this one time. <laughs> <laughs> But it's all fun, you know. We have a good time with it. And, you know, one thing about our program is we do compete. And, you know, I think that's a Florida thing probably more than anything. And, you know, I got a 12-year-old boy. If we're playing Madden in there, I'm trying to tear him up. And he's trying to tear – but that's just how we're raised around in the South, I guess. So, you know, it's it's all fun and games. I, I, I've learned that. I, I grew up in the Midwest. I'm the only one that didn't grow up in Florida. So I have learned that as I have – moved down and become a Floridian over the past 25 years, 30 years. So I have learned that. Well, you know, we, we cultures you now. We got you broke in. You're ready to go. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, y'all have. Yes, sir. Go ahead, Kelvin. Coach, last year was your first year as co-offensive, I mean, defensive coordinator. You and B-Sharp. And you all set the bar so high, man. I mean, I don't know how you – the standard is a standard. I know that's your saying and everything. But just talk about how that opportunity and and, and how you were able to leverage that opportunity and, and have such a high caliber defense uh first year out. And then tell talk about where you think your defense is right now with you know departures and um new guys. Let's and just being straight up and honest, we had some really, really good players last year. Uh, you know, good players make good coaches. And, you know, when you got Marquise Bell and Antoine Collier and Derek Mayweather and Savion Williams, they're going to make you look smart. Uh, but, you know, I think what we do a good job of is we find out what guys do well and we let them, that's what we let them do. You know, we don't try to put a square peg into a round hole. We take the guys, you know, like we'll take uh, 31, Isaiah Land. You know, he had two sacks the year before. Well, he had 19 last year. Well, you, we let him rush the passer. So I think we do a good job of finding out what it is guys do well, and then we try to scheme around what they do well. And then we also try to keep it easy, simple enough for them so they can go play. Uh, you know, I, I got to kind of say it all the time is doesn't do a whole lot of good to go find a bunch of fast guys and then slow them down in the playbook. So we're, you know, we're we're gonna have answers to problems, but we don't have to have every answer. And then we're gonna try to get our guys to play so hard that if we do make mistakes, we overcome mistakes. And you know, that was we were blessed to have some really, really good players. But you know, we got some really good players now. Some of them do a little bit different than what we had that left. So you know, in the spring, it's about finding out what they can do. And it's also, you know, just getting better at the basics of football, which is getting off blocks, tackling, getting the ball back. But, you know, find out what they can do and then just, just let them go do it. Let them go play well and, you know, let it go from there. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Kofi. Hey, Coach, so you were a part of the uh, Nick Saban uh, coaching tree and 
Talk a little bit about that time spent at Alabama and how you're able to translate that to what you brought to the highest seven hills of FAMU. Yeah, when I say part of it, like I was, if you had the tree, I was, the tree was sitting on top of me. Uh, I, was, <laughs> I was at the bottom of it. But, you know, one thing I like, I do well, I think personally, is I, I just watch. You know, when I went in, I, I did not have any kind of answers or wanted everybody to think I knew. I just sat back and I learned from some really, really good coaches from actually Mario Cristobal and Billy Napier who are here now to Burton Burns, Kirby Smart, like all those guys are there. And I just, you just sit back and you watch what they do, you know, like what are they doing? What makes them so much better than everybody else? And then you try to pluck and see what kind of fits you. And then with Coach Saban, I mean, it's fourth and one every day. So you better bring your – you got to come and bring your work your work pail, you know, and that's kind of what you bring with you. There's really no secrets. The answer's in the dirt. You just got to be willing to dig them out. Mm-hmm. Um, Coach, in terms of the some of the newer uh, – I know we're – obviously we're filling some, some key spots on the defensive side of the ball. Um you know, obviously, by my count, we may have lost probably about five starters or maybe six. I don't know however you want to judge that. But in terms of the guys who are filling in that role or filling in those spots or even the transfers, can you give us some some names or some guys to watch for in this uh, in the spring game or, or just players who have who've really stood out and done a great job of doing what you've asked them to do over the spring? Yeah, so, you know, General Hunt's had a really good, really good camp. Uh, you know, he kind of came on last year, and he, he's been pretty dominant this, this spring so far. Uh, Johnny Chaney, who was with us last year, he played some as a freshman. He's had a great spring practice. Lovey Jenkins, who we actually moved back into uh, Bell's, Marquise Bell's position, he's had a good spring. Javon Morgan's had a good spring. Of course, we all know about B.J. Bowler and Kendall Bowler. Uh, those are some names of the guys that's been here. You know, they've kind of stood out. Uh, a guy that played for us last year that's really stood out this spring is uh, Marty Brown. He's had a great spring. As far as the incoming guys, you know, uh, Isaiah Major and Eric Horn are two backers we brought in. They've had a good spring. Kamani King is another that we brought in, Nickel that we brought in. Now, he won't be in the spring. He kind of twisted his ankle up, but he was doing well. Uh, so, you know, we, we, we've we got some talent. We're not void of talent. Uh, and then, uh, shoot, his name slips my mind now. But uh, Stanley Mentor. Stanley Mentor, he's lost weight. He's probably down to around 300. He's gotten a lot quicker, but he's still just as powerful as he's always been. So we're excited about those guys. We're excited to get Isaiah Land back. Uh, you know, shoot, Cam Smith has played really well. So, I mean, we, we're, we're not empty. We still got some players. Uh, we just got to get them playing, you know, peaking at the right time, which would be next fall. Right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Go ahead, Calvin. So, Coach, what are you looking for uh, in terms of performance for the spring game and then also – with the personnel you currently have, where will your strengths and, and differences be compared to last year's team? Like last year's team, the back end was pretty strong. And then, of course, you know, you, you had a force with Savion, 
and uh, Isaiah on the ends and so forth. Uh, and yet, kind of depth throughout. But uh, where do you think your strengths and weaknesses are going to be with the personnel you have right now? Yeah, I think we're developing depth as we speak. Uh, I think we're probably more athletic and faster at linebacker than we were last year. Uh, we're not as big at safety. You know, we had, you know, Marquise was 200 pounds and so was Collier. But we've actually quickened up with Lovey and uh, J-Mo. So now, you know, they're not going to be the, the big just run downhill and be 200 pounds. But, they you know, they'll stick their face in there. But they actually cover a little more ground. Uh, so, you know, we're like I said, we're still developing depth. Um but, you know, it's it's a fun group. It's an exciting group. Uh, the main thing for us right now is just kind of getting them on the same page. And, of course, any spring game, our goal is just get through this thing with no injuries and get into summer camp. And, you know, not summer camp, but summer off-season workouts. You know, we got to get back in the weight room, get in shape, you know, all those good things and get ready for camp to roll around. So, you know, we're – we're excited about what we got. We got a couple of guys committed, a couple of guys signed that we signed back at Christmas that we're ready to get in and get rolling. And it's uh, it's exciting right now. We're we're ready to get going. Mm-hmm. I guess Black fall coach. camp that is. We're right till the spring, so <laughs> be here before you know it, Coach. Yeah, it, it, hey, it comes I- quick, doesn't it? Absolutely, man. I love the uh, the energy that is surrounding the, the program at this time. Um, talk about just what it meant to be, uh, even though we were on the losing end of that playoff game, uh, what were some of the things that we learned about our squad that's going to make us better going into 2022? So, you know, a lot of times you can't go somewhere if you hadn't been there before. You know, and, and that being the first time we've ever been in that kind of environment, you know, being in the playoffs, uh, we've been there now. So it won't be it's such, such a big stage, I think, before. Uh, you know, another thing is we actually did some stuff we didn't typically do. And I think some of that comes down to the fact that, you know, the stage might have been a little big for some, not others. Uh, but just the fact that we've been there before, so now when you go back, it's not just all brand new for you, which I think is a huge thing, you know, and it's, it's, uh, you know, sure enough, like the discipline thing and making sure you're in the right drops and the right fits. And, you know, let's be honest, like that quarterback they had, he was a really, really good player. And uh, hopefully we don't see too many more like him again. Cause he was, when I saw Savion had to like goat rope him to get him down, I was like, "Oh Lord!" Like we, I hope he don't pull it very much. But it was, you know, they, they were a good squad, and you know, it was a good game. We played with them for a while, uh, but you know, we just had too many miscues. We had a, you know, a fake extra point, which you know, that's entirely on me, uh, and those things like that that we can sure up and help us, and as we keep moving and, and progressing the program. And like I said, the more comfortable you get in playing in those environments, the better off you're going to be as a program. You know, I was a high school coach for 15 years, and I would always load the front end of the schedule up because at the end you wanted to be peaking. And I think as a pro, college is a little bit different because you got to win coming out the gate, but you have to take steps. You don't just go from A to Z. You got to go to B to C to D to E. 
And I think those are the steps that we're taking with the program and Coach Simmons and all the things we got going on. Hey, uh, Coach, I, I don't want to. I don't. I know uh, you, you've had a long day, so I want to get you out of here on this. But oh, you're as, good. as oh, okay, well, see, don't say that now, Coach. But anyway, now uh, with the <laughs> hey, uh, I don't with, sleep anyway, man. We can go all night. Go ahead. And finish oh my call. man! They're, all right. Hey, uh, well, let me ask about then the self scouting that, or even as you think about, you know, what's your take us behind the scenes on what it's like for you when you how, how much or when do you start the process? What is it like, sort of self scouting, and then also looking at your opponents, maybe from the past season or even the look ahead. What what's the process like, or what's the timeline like for you? In, in, in finding whether it be tendencies in Jackson State or Alabama A&M and, as you get ready for the fall? So when we get back from Christmas, that's when we really start our, our self-scout, when you, or really after signing day. You know, when you get back from Christmas, it's a mad dash to signing day. As soon as you finish that, now you just take your calls and you start going through, going through your calls and seeing what you could do better or where you were weak at or – you know, little tweaks. We're always trying to tweak it and make things just a little bit better. Uh, maybe add a stunt here or a blitz there. So, you know, your self-scout, you're really just kind of going through and you're finding out like, okay, so they hit us on a big play here. Was it because of scheme? Did we miss a play? Was it technique? So now you kind of know what you need to add, take away, because you got to be careful that you don't add too much. You know, like we said before, we got really good players. We got really fast players, but we don't want to bog them down. You know, we don't want to be out there with our socks and shoes off doing, you know, arithmetic problems. We want to be able to let them play and do what they do. Uh, so, you know, for for that, that self-scout, that's kind of like right after Christmas. And then once you get through the self-scout, because I don't think you can really coach somebody else's team, you got to coach your team. So now once you get what you need to do, what you can get better, what you can get better at, now you can start worrying about the other team. Uh, so, like, if you take Jackson State, it's kind of hard to scout them because they're getting a new offensive coordinator, a new offensive line coach. So it's going to be a little bit different. Now we know, you know, kind of what he's going to do, but we don't know exactly what he's going to do. So now you're just trying to look at players. So, like, of course, you're going to always start with the quarterback. You know, if you're going to beat a team, you got to affect the quarterback. And that's our goal. Every year our goal is to lead the country in sacks, tackles for losses, and turnovers. So, like last year, we had 91 tackles for losses and 42 sacks. So, now we're going to start scheming right away. All right, how can we get sacks, and turn, sacks, tackle for losses, and turnovers? And, you know, so like with Jackson State, we can actually scheme the quarterback and see what's his throws. You know, where does he go to when he gets third and long and, or he's under pressure? You know, is he a quarterback that throws well out of pressure? Or is he a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers? You don't want to pressure him too much because that's what he wants you to do. So, you know, those are the things you look for and see where you can go. Now, the schools like we've been playing, like South Carolina State, they're not going to change. Coach Pugh's been there a long time. has done a really great job. So now you can kind of start seeing the tendencies that they do, you know. And I think you got to, a lot of times you can't stop teams because you don't know what it is that they're trying to do. So this time of year now, you can really, you know, dive in, break it down. You know, why are they putting a receiver inside or outside the hash? Why are they putting a sniffer tight or deep? Those things that you kind of dig into, 
that you can kind of help scheme up and figure out how to stop a team. Because, they, you know, they all have their tendencies. It's, we're just trying to figure them out and put the best plan together to stop them. Does that answer your question? It, it, it does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> yes. Well, you know what? What comes out of it, Coach, and, you know, a lot of people on the, on the chats are asking, you know, and I don't know if it's relevant to say what would we do differently against JSU, Jackson State, but when you look at them and say, do we do we do we know do we feel more comfortable going up against them? Do you know what you would do differently, or how you know? That's what that's what folks in the in the chats want to know. Well, we did pretty dang go good, didn't we? We held them. To oh stand. no, no doubt. You're, you're right. <laughs> but no, yeah, I mean, we'll probably we'll try to get a little more pressure on the quarterback. Uh, you know, we're gonna have to match up on their receivers try to take away the jump balls because when they were said and done, that's really what they hit us on was a couple of jump balls. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when when they did get it down to the goal line, they snuck those extra tackles in there. That kind of took us by surprise there. So we'll have a plan for those those kind of things. Uh, but, no, that's, you know, you, you like I said, you got to affect the quarterback. So we got to find a few more ways to get to him. And then we got to find make sure we can hold up against the jump balls because, you know, they do have some big, long guys out there. True that. True hey, that. Coach. Coach, I have this one question I got to ask you. From last Go ahead. year's defense, from last uh-huh. year's defense, what game, what, what was the moment that told you that you had a top five dominant type defense? When did you all know, you as a coach, and then your team realized, hey, man, we, we can be the best part of the team on the field every game it was it i would probably say south carolina state like when we went into south carolina state we knew that quarterback was really good uh you know the the number nine the receiver and they had the big long kid uh you know those those guys were really good and they picked up the running back from where was uh wake forest he was a good back so we thought they were really good on offense. So when we kind of came in and we, we did what we did against them, I was like, all right, we got a chance to be pretty good. Uh, but, I, you know, as a coach, I don't know if you ever think you're good. You know, you're always like, I don't know. Sometimes you, you, you kind of outthink yourself sometimes. And you think, you know, well, this, that, or the other. Uh, but really and truly, probably I would say that South Carolina State game when when we did what we did against them because I knew they were a good team going into it. And, you know, one thing about them, they're always physical. And we were yes. able to match that with them. Then I said, you know, we got a chance to be pretty good this year. And uh, thank goodness we kept up with it, you know, kept it going. And nothing was like that Bethune game, right? And that, that what was it, that third quarter with the, 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 yes. the quarter turn? Yeah, that was a good that was a good night to be a rattler, wasn't it? Amen, yes, brother. God was right yes, on time, sir. wasn't it? Kofi, <laughs> 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 you got anything for Coach before we close out? Oh yes, sir. Uh, you know, just really, man, just uh that championship energy that you guys came out with in the second half of the Bethune Cookman game was, uh, I want to say, just absolutely phenomenal going into that third quarter. Everything just absolutely came together. Um, what would you say the most difficult thing is as a coach in terms of getting kids to buy into the scheme or just what would you say the most difficult thing is 
or the most difficult aspect is when it comes to coaching? You know, I, you get that question a lot, you know, because everybody says, well, kids nowadays, they've changed. They've changed. They've, honestly, kids nowadays have not changed. It's us as adults that have changed. You know, kids actually want to be held accountable. They want to be told the truth because they want to get better. And you can't do those things if people aren't upfront with you and honest with you. Now, you can't just, you know, be rude or what that those kind of things without them knowing that you care about them. And I think our guys know that we care about them. I think that, you know, we do take care of them and we do things to show them that we care about them. Like, we, we haven't – we've got great kids here. You know, there's some times that it's, you know, it's been tough in the transition and whatnot, as like, especially when we first got here, that, you know, now a lot of those things have worked itself out and like, it's beautiful right now. We got things rolling our way. Rattler Nation is behind us, but not one time since I've been here that I think, you know what, our kids aren't with us. You know, they, they've been with us from the start, from the jump. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really an awesome place to coach. It's really awesome kids to coach. And I think, you know, we've done a good job of, you know, in the recruiting process, making sure that we got kids with energy, you know, you, you can't recruit a dead fish and then expect him to have juice, you know? (laughs) And when you talk to people on the phone, you can tell if they got energy. Like if you're trying to, Mm -hmm. trying to pull answers out of them, it's probably going to be the same way when they get there. So, you know, we try to make sure guys love ball. Uh, you know, I think that's a big question for me now is, you know, do they love football? You know, if we played at 6 a.m. – actually, we played practice this morning at 6 a.m. under the lights. You know, half the stadium's down, so only half the lights are working. But we're running around playing, having a good time playing. Man, those guys love football. And, you know, it's hard to beat a bunch of guys that love football and – believe in each other and you know since I've been here you know I've never felt like our guys wasn't ready to go play or had bought into what we were doing you know they they that's a big thing for us right now and and I and I shoot I appreciate the heck out of them because like you said we were new last year you know you had two new two new guys coming in saying this is what we're going to do and they bought in hook line and sinker and you know the rest was history last year now we got to go do it again, right? Like you said, we raised the bar. We we might have I might need to retire, hadn't I? Can't get. <laughs> no, don't, do we, don't do that, we, to we need you. We we want to get that number one spot, and you know, like you say it all, like we say it all the time, the standard is the standard. We didn't set the standard. The guys before us set the standard, and that goes all the way back to Coach Gaither. I mean, he set the standard. And that's a heck of a standard to try to reach. But it's up, you know, it's up to all of us to hold FAMU to that standard, you know, whether it's us as coaches, them as players, or our fans. You know, we got the greatest fan base in the world. Everywhere we go, we got more people than they do. And, uh, you know, it's it, it's an honor to be here, and it's a lot of fun to be here. And I think our kids understand that. And, you know, they come out to practice every day with that same kind of energy. <laughs> Well said. Coach, we, we appreciate your time this evening. Uh, again, you said you, you're coaching the green team. You care to make any predictions for tomorrow? Uh, yeah, I predict, I predict that we're going to have, we're going to kick off at what? Two o'clock. How about that? Yes, sir. (laughs) (laughs) 
So, but no, we're going to have a good time. And man, we look forward to seeing everybody out there. And I mean, like we say here in the South, we got two seasons. We got fall football and spring football. So we're in the middle of spring. So come out and enjoy the day and get to watch the ball go fly around and have a good time. Well said. Big day, big day, big day on the hill. Uh, spring game, you got junior day. So be a lot of big recruits in town as well. So uh, Rattler Nation, make sure you guys come out. Hey, uh, Coach Smith, man, we, we appreciate your time this evening. I know it's been a busy day for you. So it's very much appreciated you giving up some hey, time Hey, man, anytime, anytime I can talk ball, I'm all in, right? So that's but I appreciate it. That's you guys it. having me. And thank you for what y'all do. Hey, thank, thank you, you, Coach. Thank you. Thank All you, right. Coach. Have yes, a good sir. evening, Coach. Have a good evening. All right. All right. Hey, uh, Rattler Nation, y'all make sure you, you send uh, Coach Smith some love. Uh, hit him up on uh, – I don't know. Is Coach, on, is Coach on Twitter or he is on Twitter? Or is he – He's on Twitter. Twitter. Yeah. 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 Oh, go ahead, Coach. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. If you go hashtag, in hashtag Smitty Rock. I, I'm Smitty Rock, the Rock. I'm the the Rock stunt double. If you've ever seen me with my shirt off, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But actually, if you <laughs> type in hashtag Smitty Rock, it'll pop up. There it is. There it is. Hashtag Smitty Rock. All close. right. All right. Yes, All right. Sir. Thank hey, you, Coach. Have a great evening. You too. Let's you go. Too. Hey, I love that man. Coach is the kind of guy I feel like I can sit. I can sit around an open fire. And talk ball with with a with a yeah. with a lemonade with a lemonade uh, one of those mason fish jars, grits, man. That's fish and grits right there. I, I don't know what it is, but I feel like I, yeah, thank you, yeah, thank you. Good. We just sit just sit and talk about ball all day. I bet he's got some good stories too, boy. I bet awesome your coach story. has some great stories, awesome yeah. stories, man. See, I man, I tell you, man, coach Coach Simmons, he knows how to bring some quality people, man, to the staff. That is awesome, man. Uh, and uh, we'll have to find time to get Coach Sharp uh, some other time. We couldn't, you know, work it out and have him on. Um, I've I've seen a lot of good things by the people on the chats. Uh, Kelvin, you found the roster. Coach Simmons said he said the roster was online. I couldn't find it, but you said you had the roster for the for the game. What what do you see on that roster? Go through the maybe the first couple of draft for people who missed the draft and you don't you want to go through the whole thing of watching it on Facebook uh again <laughs> Kelvin go ahead and break it down for for everybody since we since we just had a Smith and Rock on I'm going to talk about because he know what he did with the green team right he a defensive yeah. guy he a linebacker coach so he loaded up with his guys basically right so right. after they went uh, the green team went offensive tackle Jalen Jalen goes first. Then they went got the receivers like you said to retaliate for the orange team getting the two quarterbacks and Rashawn McKay and Musa. So right. he tried to make sure they have limited weapons. So he got Zay yeah. and Sherrod with the next picks. From then on, the next three picks the green team got was all linebackers: Montre, Isaiah Major, John Chaney, and, and then uh, Lovey Jenkins. So, so they did end up getting. Uh, they got all the receivers. They got David Manigo too with their uh, next pick, and um, they got all the third string, second and third string quarterbacks: Ja'Cory Jordan, John Howard, 
um, and um, Sal, Cameron Sal. Sal, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they got Richard Summers from the D line. They got what about uh, the running back. He mentioned having uh, the running backs. Uh, does he have Jennings? No, Jennings is on the orange team. The orange team, see, that's the difference between the two teams. The green team is heavy defense. The orange team is is heavy offense. But they do have some trick because they have all the top three quarterbacks coming into camp. But they also have the Bowler brothers. They have a, a Morgan, which Coach mentioned. They got transfer defensive lines, uh, Dre Jones and – Stanley Mitchell, they have uh, Cooks, the other transfer DN, Cameron Smith. So they 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 have the pass and the skilled people, what well, the receivers. They also have Jennings. They have Jalen McLeod. They have uh, uh, Kamari Young, the tight end. Wow. So uh, they 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 build on offense. With a nice mix of defense, whereas Green is built more on defense. With a, with, you know, the offensive skill people they have, they do have the, the, on the Green. They do have uh, Coach transfer running back from Georgia State. Yeah, and uh, Zion um, Riley. Yeah. Also let me Dine, ask Kofi. Let, let me ask you, Kofi, when you when you see when you see that quarterback mix. Where the top three guys going to orange, uh, is is this it feels like this is a great opportunity for Cameron Sapp to to, to finally kind of have an opportunity to show show what he's capable of doing. Do, do I read that right? Or how do you read the uh the breakdown for the quarterbacks and maybe some other positions that you're interested in? Well, you know, I mean, we heard it here first um from KJ, who coached the guys, that Cameron Sapp made a huge leap uh, in the spring. So when you, you have an opportunity to go out there and make plays, he's not he's going to have an opportunity to throw to Zay, to throw to Jamari, to, I'm sorry, to throw to Jamari A. And that, that's two playmakers right there. In addition to Oxendine, um, who's a beast. You, you got Manigo, and Manigo yeah. has great hands. He'll stretch out and get the ball. We've got Destin Coates, um, yep. who really, let me tell you about Destin. Destin, Destin can play. So don't <laughs> don't underestimate. That's a name that I think that people are going to come uh to to know and love in Rattler Nation. And you know, they also have Eddie Tillman, who's got a ton of experience. So this team is is going to be uh ready to make some plays, man. I'm I'm excited to see how this actually comes out, man. And, you know, we actually can wear orange and green uniforms in the orange and green game, which is actually a first in a long time. Really? <laughs> really? What, what were we doing before? Normally they wear some white or some gray or, some, you know, just everything but orange and green. I'm like, guys, it's orange and green. <laughs> orange and green. It's orange and green game. But so our guys are going to be able question, to wear it, man. I think it's going to be cool. The question is: Do they go? Do they go white pants, or do they go all orange, all green, or do they do the mixed combo? I don't know, bro. It looked like they had in the in the locker room and in the draft they had all orange and all green. So we're gonna see. That'll that'll be interesting to see what color scheme. Do they go white helmets? 
or you know, I, I you know, I'm a bit of a uniform geek. So I mean, I, I'm kind of interested to see, you know, how too. we come out. Because... I can't wait for. I'm sorry. I, I just no, no, can't wait for Coach Simmons to get on because I want to know about these LeBron uniforms and what we got coming down the pipe to see if we can pull some out of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, those will probably be coming in the uh, in the fall. Well, hey, look, those of you who are watching the show, we will be in Tallahassee this weekend. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do a show. Uh, we'll do a pregame show live Saturday morning, and then we'll find our way inside of the stadium somehow, some way. Uh, we'll be taking copious notes. Uh, not sure if and how we'll do a post-game wrap-up. Maybe it might just be an audio-related thing. But uh, we're going to find a way to do something um, post-game related. Maybe it may be Sunday, but we'll try to figure out a way to really break down what we saw and maybe give a way-too-early depth chart. You know, if we, if we were entrusted with making a depth chart, maybe we're, you know, we, we would, you know, we'd say they would never, they would never give us, never give us that. Coach Simmons would be like, you crazy. But anyway, we're going to do one and we'll see how much, how much it resembles the actual depth chart in the fall uh, or not, you know, just something to think about. But be looking out for <laughs> an announcement, be looking out for an announcement as to what time we're going to go live. We'll see if we can line up some folks to come talk. But it'll just be one of those things we do on Saturday morning to kind of get you ready, maybe really go down the roster with a little more depth uh, for the spring game. Maybe talk about some interesting battles that we'll be looking at, some evaluations to see who does what. Uh, so that's kind of what the plan is for for Saturday. We'll try to, you know, we'll have a couple cameras out. We'll try to get some video and uh, but we're looking forward to it again. Uh, you will be able to watch it on Facebook, uh, uh, Facebook on probably FAMU Athletics, their Facebook feed. You'll be able to watch it. We, we heard from Al Chester, Albert Chester earlier, so we appreciate him for coming on and talking about it. And uh, and then, of course, if you're going to the stadium, it's a ten dollar uh, uh, cover, but you have to you can't go to the stadium with cash. You have to go. Buy your tickets either at the ticket box or the ticket office. So don't go to the stadium with $10 thinking you're going to get in. It's not going to work that way. So go to famuathletics.com. Make sure you get all the details on how you can go watch the game live. Of course, you know, half the stadium is being rebuilt, but that's okay. You know, bring bring some uh, sun, bring some uh, a hat visor and some uh, sunglasses because you will be on the side where the sun will be setting. So that just just to let you know, anything else I left off, Kelvin, or anything you want to add before we we break out? The only thing I add is that uh, we, as a roundup issue, uh, tennis team swept BCU. Anytime we we beat BCU in anything, I got to bring it up and uh, they give a shout out because that's that's what we do. We rallies. We beat Wildcats. <laughs> yes, we do. Let's go. And softball got to win. Softball, and we only won one of three, but we didn't get swept by the Wildcats, and we ended the last one. So we we left we left out of Daytona Beach with a win. That so that felt good, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Kofi, anything anything you want to add before we close up? Anything you left? 
Man, I just want to reiterate how amazing this weekend is going to be. So if you're not, uh, even if you are doing something, find your way, find a way to support the Orange and Green game. There's a lot of initiatives going on. They've got a whole party going on at the move um, that people can support and be a part of. It goes towards the 1978, I believe, foundation for the uh, summer school for our athletes. So this is an uh, uh, excellent opportunity to support FAMU and the FAMU football program. I'm sure that the football alumni uh, boost organization has a lot going on. So please spread the word, guys. We want to go on ahead and pack out the one side that we do have and uh, let this team know how much we care about them and, and what we're looking forward to in the fall. Let's go. Yes, indeed. Um... I feel like there was probably something I wanted to add, but there's so much going on. Just really thankful for today's show. Uh, appreciate Al, Albert Chester, Akil Blunt for joining us, uh, Coach Smith for coming on. Uh, big show. Thanks to all of you out there in the chat rooms. Great commentary, back and forth discussion, and uh, a lot of positive things to talk about. Uh, make sure you're following us following us on Twitter Instagram, Facebook, at ONG Strike Zone. Uh, go download the Jericho Broadcast Network's app on your Google or Apple Play Store. My JBN, my BCSN is where you can find it. If you have any thoughts and questions, uh, send us an email, ongstrikezone at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. Let us know what kind of guests. Who, who would you like for us to go out and get? You know, a lot of people out there uh, that you'd like to hear from. Uh, you know, uh, so let us know, you know, who you would like to to hear on the ONG and, and we'll work hard to uh, to try to bring them on to the show. And uh, that's going to do it. So uh, I'm really thankful for the show. Thanks for everybody's participation. Rattler Nation uh, for Kofi, for Kelvin. Uh, shout out to our producer, Melody, in the background. You guys be safe. Look out for one another. We'll see everybody Saturday up on the highest of seven hills in Tallahassee. You guys be good to each other. Make sure, Rattler Nation, that you strike, strike, and right. strike again. Strike, strike hard, again. Rattlers. All right, guys. Be good. Be safe. We out.